You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 273 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports Rick Stevens, and how are you doing today, Rick? Good day. Uh, good afternoon. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, I guess we're right in the thick of December here. Uh, a few weeks ago, I let you know Christmas shopping was done. And, uh, well, this week, wrapping is all done. So oh, man. way ahead of the game. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Um, no, I'm not there. Um, and I'm not going to be there for a while. And I expect that I'm... Um, I'm, you're a model for us, all of the listeners <laughs> and myself, you're, you are a model. Um, it's funny, I've said before that we should uh, record our pre-shows, and uh, today we had an interesting discussion about baseball, of all things, Major, Major League Baseball. Why would we be talking about baseball ahead of a hockey show, and especially uh, today's hockey show titled Canadians Top Trade Targets? Um, episode 273 of the Canadians Connection. Uh, we're talking about baseball because there's this frenzy uh, in Toronto. The Blue Jays are in pursuit of a free agent, who um, Otani, who can both hit, pitch, superstar. Um, they're apparently going to pay him a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and related to hockey, and the reason we were talking about it, is... Um, Steve Simmons in the Toronto Sun said Rogers, parent company of uh, Sportsnet, um, may be forced to give up their coverage of hockey. All of the, they're the the rights holder um, and won that bidding war many years ago uh, for to be the rights holder of of NHL um, national NHL coverage, uh, and they may have to give that up because they're going to pursue this. Uh, <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, who they also own, um, uh, this this picture for five or six hundred million dollars, um, insane, insane, some insane amounts of money. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. And for one 
baseball free agent to, tr- to change an entire trajectory of a company that's absolutely unheard of so we'll uh, certainly keep an eye on this and uh, hopefully we can continue to get some uh, good hockey coverage here in Canada and uh, listen I know that a lot of uh, our listeners are also Jays fans so um, if you've got a, an opinion about this uh, you know you know where you can reach us um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you absolutely and we do have a pretty busy show today uh, here in this first segment. Uh, we'll get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we have some winners and losers this week, uh, prospects update and some news from around the NHL. And then in segment two, uh, which Canadians players are being targeted for a trade? Uh, we're doing a way too early analysis of uh, the upcoming uh, trade deadline in the NHL and some options that the Montreal Canadiens might have. And then in segment three, we like to turn it over to our listeners. Our Canadians Connection question of the week is what who do you think will be the first Montreal Canadiens player to be traded before the deadline? We want to make sure that we hear from you. And Rick, what's the best way for all of our listeners to reach out and interact with us? Send us a text. It's easy. Uh, it's easy to remember. 5853ROCKET. Send us a text. We have a Rocket Sports text line set up specially for you to be able to text us 24 hours a day. I'll say it again. 5853ROCKET. And also reach out to us on our social media. Just make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, we have a website you can check out, canadiansconnection.fm. Make sure that you check out our comprehensive pre-game previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at thn.com slash Montreal. And here's what's happened since we were gone. Uh, going all the way back to December the 2nd, uh, Detroit pays a visit to Montreal and they come away with an overtime win, 5-4. to four. Uh, The Wings scored three goals in that first period. Uh, the Habs do stick with it. Uh, Suzuki and former Red Wing player uh, Gustav Lindstrom scored in the third to send the game to overtime. But the Red Wings needed less than a minute to take the win as Jake Wallman scored that overtime winner for Detroit. This was another game where the Canadians had to come back from an awful start, down 3 nothing um, for most of the first period. Um, and uh, Nick Suzuki said, said it best, I think, quote, it just keeps happening for us. We need to claw back into games. That's not where we want to be. We had a really bad first period, and that definitely can't happen. We keep digging ourselves holes. And then not having the... Uh, the firepower to to necessarily win the games, although give them credit, they did come back in this one and uh, lost early in overtime. Just a quick break in between games here before their next one when Seattle comes and pays a visit to Montreal. Montreal wins this one 4-2. to two. Uh, The Kraken goalie Grubauer did not look great at all. He's been sub-900 all season, only winning 5 of 16 games, and the Habs certainly took advantage of that. Uh, scoring three goals, two from Monaghan, one from Pearson, and then an empty net goal, and that is Josh Anderson's Whoa. first goal of the season, uh, breaking the curse, maybe? <laughs> well, there was a lot of um, ending the curses. Um, Sean Monaghan had gone um, a, a very long, I think it was 14 games he had gone without a goal. Tanner Pearson uh, had gone, it was his first goal in 20 games, and we know the story about Josh Anderson and his teammates were obviously uh, thrilled for him um, after the game. And then uh, the last game Montreal played this week, uh, probably their worst one uh, as LA for the second time this season beats Montreal 
Four to nothing. Uh, so four to nothing loss for the Montreal Canadiens in that first meeting with the LA Kings. Both teams had different goalies in net, so it's funny to see the exact same score. This time it's Cam Talbot for the Los Angeles Kings getting the shutout. Uh, Sam Montembeau, I don't think his greatest game ever. Uh, Byfield certainly made everyone on the Montreal Canadiens look quite silly in this one. Yeah, he scored twice. Um, Anze Kopitar had three assists. Um, this, yeah, the Los Angeles set up their 1-3-1. Um, and uh, Marty St. Louis made it a point that they spent two days working on ways to break the one three one, um, and they had a little bit of success maybe in the first period, uh, and then there was the LA made some adjustments, and that was the end of that. Um, the the Canadians didn't they they didn't have in the last uh, two periods of the game they were outshot thirty one to eleven. Um, they were just stifled through this game. So the Canadians record currently 11, 12, and three. That's 25 points and 23rd in the NHL. So make sure that you check out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, feature articles, and game day posts appearing regularly at thn.com slash Montreal. Taking a look at roster news, Arbor Jacki was activated off of IR and loaned to the Laval Rocket. He made his... AHL debut with Laval and he played one more game with them after that currently through two games he has one assist and uh, to be honest Rick I've not seen a ton from Arbor Jacka in his time with Laval no he's been um, he's been I wouldn't call him timid but um, there has been you know some some intense intensity on the ice particularly in the game against Belleville and uh, he's kept clear of of any kind of altercation. He was invited uh, to fight in the uh, Belleville Senators game by uh, tough guy Boko Amama, and, and uh, he declined. Um, I, I think that that uh, perhaps, uh, well, not perhaps, he was surprised and disappointed um, being uh, sent to um, uh, Laval, and, and fans, I think, were perplexed. Um, man, you know, Arbor Jacki is, is a fan favorite, um, and some fans, you know, said, well, maybe it was, uh, just a short conditioning stint given that he was, uh, injured, um, and, uh, and, and some time away and, and re- recovering. But, uh, we were given confirmation that, uh, Jacki is not in Laval for conditioning purposes. Um, here's the quote from Arbor Jacki, um, after his first practice in Laval quote, I think it was a, a little bit of a surprise, but the things they told me definitely made sense from their point of view. Uh, they want to see me play a lot of minutes and develop my game. Obviously, I've been hurt. I haven't been in the lineup. Um, so it's only for my benefit. Um, and what he's been asked to work on is his defensive game um, and to um, maybe uh, play a little less aggressively or and, and stop taking bad penalties. So... Um, he he registered his first AHL point. Uh, he'll play his third AHL game later this afternoon. Um, and we're told that um, he'll meet with the media postgame. Uh, for the first time, they've kind of kept him sheltered uh, in his first two games, but uh, um, against uh, Belleville and, and Hartford. But today, a second game against Hartford, he's expected to meet with the media. 
And another defenseman is close to making a return as David Savard is uh, very close to coming back into the Montreal lineup. He's been out for about a month with an upper body injury. So he was, yeah, it was the 23rd of October uh, that David Savard uh, was injured um, at play in a game against the, the very same uh, Buffalo Sabres. Didn't fly to um, to Buffalo. Maybe um, he'll he stayed in, in Montreal. Maybe he'll uh, play uh, on Sunday. Um, but he's he's getting quite close. I should circle back to um, uh, to uh, Arbor Jacki and just address something that kind of came up this week. Uh, we've got we got questions um, on our text line. Uh, I know Chris uh, G got questions about this, and it was all about a rumor. Um, started by George LaRock. You know, George LaRock is uh, lovable, George LaRock, and um, some of the things he say, says are are true, and, and uh, others are, are all over, you know, he's all over the map. Um, but in in trying to explain why Jacki was sent to Laval, George said um, that that Marty ripped into um, Jacki uh, for being too aggressive and for taking bad penalties. And that, that could very well be true. But then um, George goes, he always seems to go a step or two beyond uh, what's what's factual. And and he went on to say that uh, Jack had completely changed his game out of fear of not being, um, of being you know, left out, being a healthy scratch. Um, and George then went two steps beyond and said um, he'd be surprised if uh, Jacki uh, doesn't finish um, his year in Montreal. Now he didn't say if if he thought that was by trade or whether he'd be with the Rocket. Or I, I don't think it matters. I know that I know for a fact that that the Canadians value um, George Larocque. Or sorry, not George Larocque. Arbor Jacki um, and and what he brings to the team, uh, the confidence he gives his players. And and listen, Jaden Struble has stepped in and been terrific. Um, be, he's been physical. He's a great skater. Um, but I think I, I, I don't know that the Canadians are ready to say, you know, Jaden Struble is the replacement for Arbor Jack. that's, I, I think that, um, that George went a little too far there. So we just wanted to address that, that rumor that's been dis- widely discussed, uh, this past week. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll take that a step further to say that I think Gustav Lindstrom's also looked pretty good. So yes. a couple of uh, Montreal defensemen surprisingly go into their lineup, and I think that kind of edged out uh, Arbor Jacki a little bit and put them in a position where they could put Jacki in Laval for a while, regardless of what that reason is. And uh, you know what? Uh, good for uh, Jaden Struble. He's looked great. And uh, like I said, I've liked uh, Gustav Lindstrom's game as well. So um, we'll keep an eye on Arbor Jacki. As uh, you know, we do a lot of coverage of Laval, so we'll certainly keep you up to date on everything that happens there. For sure. Uh, shooting specialist uh, Glenn Dr. Shot Tucker joined the Canadians' practice this past week. He's been a specialist in shooting for about 30 years. Uh, didn't realize that shooting specialists could be a thing, but uh, I think that uh, the, there are a few Montreal Canadians that could actually benefit from this. Yeah, he's um, he's helped. Uh, he lists his clients as as Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak. Well, if you can if you can improve David Pasternak, then you've got to be doing something right. Uh, Jerome McGinley, John Tavares, uh, Anthony DeClaire, um, Charlie Coyle. 
Um, so he, he's been doing this a long time. He knows his stuff. The Canadians have brought in, um, I've been at training camps where they brought in a shooting specialist. Uh, Tim Turk was, was somebody they brought in, um, several times. Uh, they've brought in skating specialists, sp- skating consultants, but it's usually something that's done prior to the season. This was, this was a little bit different, uh, bringing someone in to a practice in season, uh, Marty St. Louis said, that wasn't my choice. Um, it was uh, a request to the organization or an arrangement by the organization. He said something to that effect. Um, and this this didn't interfere uh, necessarily with practice. It happened. It was a session. Um, I believe it was an optional session that players could join before Tuesday's practice. Um, and the players uh, that we noticed out there were Yuri Slavkovsky, uh, Caden Gooley, Christian Dvorak. They all participated. Um, uh, Caden Gooley had some uh, great things to say and and said that he's worked with um, a shooting specialist before, but that it, again, it's usually off-season and that it was uh, when he was in junior hockey. It's been three years or so. Um, So uh, here's Gooley's quote. We got an offer to work with a shooting coach. And I haven't had that opportunity in a few years. We have several resources here, and I was happy to jump at the opportunity. I haven't taken a course like this in three years, more in the summer that I find time to work on this. I was happy to meet him. Um, And Slavkovsky said, it was good training, and it opened my mind to different aspects. I should now be able to score a goal soon. (laughs) So... (laughs) There's uh, there's some pregna- predictions and projections from Yaroslav Kovsky. Yeah, I hope it all works out, and uh, if that is true, and uh, I think Glenn Tucker certainly earns the title of Dr. Shot. Yeah. Uh, Sean Monaghan earned a bonus this past week on Thursday night uh, against the Kings. Uh, he earned $15,000 bonus. It's uh, because he reached the 26th game mark, so nice to see that he's been healthy enough to get to 26 games. And uh, good to see that he gets a little bonus there as well. Hopefully he continues to be healthy because we know injuries have been a pretty big issue for him throughout his career. Last season, he did have a season-ending injury, so let's hope that uh, he can continue to be healthy. I remember when we saw the number for his contract. First, is a bargain for the Canadians one year, um, and and 15000 less than uh, $2 million. And we thought that was odd, um, but then there was this uh, bonus added, uh, that his agent worked out that uh, if he played 26 games beyond what he played last year, uh, he'd get the bonus. He's done that. Um, when asked about it this week, he seemed uh, a little surprised. He had forgotten about it, um, mm-hmm. but said that part of that money would go on the board, as players do when they reach an important milestone. They put money on the board uh, if there's a win that goes to um, events, um, player events during the year. And as we are in December, uh, Habs players made their annual Christmas visits to the Montreal Children's Hospitals, uh, Shriners Hospital for Children, and in St. Justine Hospital this past week. So they visited nearly 400 different kids. Uh, This is a pretty important tradition. Uh, I think it means a lot to all the kids and all the parents to have the Montreal Canadiens continue to do this. A longstanding tradition uh, started by Jean Beliveau and and, uh, the kids. The, the pictures and the videos are terrific. The kids' faces just light up. Uh, not only that they get a little uh, treat, but, but just having the time of the players. Uh, and the players, too. They, they seem to really enjoy it each year. It was nice to see Kirby Doc 
there. Um, nice to see Alex Newhook there. And uh, a really, really special event. And I should say that the Canadians' uh, schedule makers uh, make sure that there's a couple of days carved out in the December schedule that they can um, make this uh, um, visit to the hospitals. And now it's a good time to get to this week's winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So I'll start off with uh, my picks. I think my loser and my winner both came within the same game. And that was San Jose Sharks versus the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, So just to paint a little bit of a picture, uh, scoreless after the first period, you go into the second period, uh, Detroit goes up 4-0. And the San Jose Sharks pretty much get rid of that lead as they tie it up 4-4. Within that same period, uh, both teams also add a goal in the third, so now tied 5-5 to heading into overtime, and it's the San Jose Sharks that come away victorious. So the Red Wings, uh, big losers this week for blowing a 4-0 lead to the San Jose Sharks of all teams, one of the worst teams in the league. And, of course, full credit to the San Jose Sharks uh, for eliminating uh, that lead uh, and then proceeding to take the win away from the Detroit Red Wings. So... Good work, uh, San Jose Sharks. I think uh, they'll co- come in as uh, the winner of the week, despite just having an awful season. Full credit to the Teal Domes, uh, because uh, they were wearing the, the the Teal Buckets. Remember this year, they with the White Sweaters, they can have a contrasting helmet. Um, and maybe that had something to do, that, do with that. I think it was Elliot Friedman that mentioned that online. What a nutty game. Um, as you said, uh, Red Wings go up. Um, by four, there was about six minutes left in this in the second period, uh, with the Red Wings going on the power play. So an opportunity to to add to that. Um, the Sharks scored two shorthanded goals on the same uh, Detroit power play, and then as uh, their player is coming out of the penalty box, scored another, um, and then tied it up with seconds left um, in in the in the second period. Uh, just uh, eight goals second period and and uh, lots of excitement in the third and and overtime. This is a great pick. Um, yes, we know that that uh, it's not about the Montreal Canadiens, but you got to be a hockey fan and you got to appreciate uh, an exciting game like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this was probably the most talked about uh, game over this past week too. Certainly the most exciting. So we definitely wanted to make sure we gave that a shout out. And without any further ado, uh, Rick, who are your picks for this week? Well, um, I'm going to start with a loser. Um, <laughs> and, um, I've got UP as my loser. How could you do that? You're a terrible man. Why would why would you pick UP? He's just a mascot. He's, he's just out there entertaining. Why would you do that? Well, and, and maybe, you know, I, I guess this is more on the Montreal Canadiens than it is UP. Um, but what a terrible move. Speaking of, of issues that were talked about all week, um, this had Canadians fans up in arms. Um, UP's a lovable, lovable character, um, mascot for the Expos, and then when the Expos left, transferred to be the Canadians mascot. Beloved, one of the, one of the better mascots in the National Hockey League. And you see the pictures when, when young fans meet him in the corridor, 
um, in the concourse and, and they get a hug from, from UP or they get a high five. Their faces are, you know, uh, that's, that's a huge memory for, for them, maybe even more than the game. Well, the Canadians announced this week that when you order your tickets um, on, online, um, that you can also, there's, there's add-ons. Um, you, can, you can add extras uh, to your t- ticket price, as if the price of tickets wasn't enough. That you can do an upgrade that includes... A uh, and I'll read it. A personalized game in-game appearance, and um, and a gift bag uh, that's that's delivered to your seat from UP. So you sit in your seat, you pay this extra, uh, you get UP, and you, you're guaranteed a visit from from UP. And they said, you know, this this will be very brief. Don't expect a long time, but it'll be a very special um, visit from UP. He'll come with his swag bag. Um, and, and you can take a picture as well. It's a, an opportunity for a photo op. What do you think, what do you think something like that would, uh, you know, is, is it just out of the kindness of their heart that, that the Canadians are doing this and limit it to so many per game? Um, is it, uh, listen, make a donation of your choice to a, a charity and, and, and we'll send you by? No, the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> said that in addition to the price of your tickets, that this service would cost you $195, $200 to get UP to come and give you a hug. $200 a hug. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. I don't know. Am I out of line here? I think that's just awful. And and lots of Canadians fans complained about this, uh, certainly that I saw on, online. Yeah, this is not a good look from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that price, that better be the best hug I've ever had. That better be an amazing swag bag. And to really highlight that it would be a brief period of time, too, that's not a great look. Um, I think one of the things that stood out to me here is at first, uh, there wasn't really any talk of money going to charity, but then it was like after there were yeah. some people up in arms uh, that all of a sudden... You saw that. Oh well, we're gonna put the money towards a charity. Uh, what What do you think happened here? Am I misinterpreting something? No, or? you're you're absolutely right that there was a huge backlash, um, and the Canadians kind of backtracked a bit and said, "Oh well, you you misunderstand." And they added a line in in their um, what's the section on on their website? It's called "Fur on Demand." Fur on Demand. <laughs> Um, they now have a, a little line that said all profits. Now, I don't know. Uh, what do you deduct? I guess the, the swag bag, the, the payment of UP, um, all profits benefit the Montreal Canadians children's foundation. So they'll deduct all their costs out of that and then give a donation to the Montreal children's foundation, which is a very worthy charity, but it, it seems that, the Canadians were caught off guard, uh, didn't expect such a, a backlash from fans, but they've made a slight change. Um, I don't know if that changes anything or not. Um, maybe it does. Yeah, and not to drag this out too, too much, but my understanding as well is that uh, you, you're still going to be able to see Yuppie in the concourse and <laughs> yeah. say hello and whatnot anyway. So in general, I'm not sure I understand what the point in this is. And uh, like you kind of mentioned, why not just uh, 
charitable donation of your choice, and we sent Yuppie over. That's all he had to do, really, right? That's right. Exactly. And uh, as we move along from Yuppie, uh, who do you have as a winner for this week? Well, you know what? I've got, um, we like goalies. We like goalies on the Canadians Connection. (laughs) Um, So I've got Connor Ingram, goaltender for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Connor Ingram is, um, he was the first, the, the, the NHL puts out three stars of the week. Um, and Connor Ingram was the first star. Um, now you should know that, that, that doesn't happen. Goaltenders rarely get chosen because the, you know, the, the skaters are, are much more flashy and can pile up goals, um, that going back eight or nine years, it's always been, um, every week it's been a skater, uh, as their first star and kind of rare, uh, but Connor Ingram got that honor this past week. Um, and he plays for the, the Coyotes. Um, he went three Oh and O with a one sixty three goals against average and a nine forty seven save percentage. Uh, terrific week for Connor Ingram and Connor Ingram. Um, you know, he's 26 years old, a bit of a journeyman's been bounced around, um, Part of of uh, uh, the NHL um, assistance program uh, worked through some issues. Uh, played in the ECHL, the AHL. Uh, was uh, drafted by the Lightning. Uh, played in Syracuse and, and then um, went to the Predators. And now is with Arizona Coyotes. Um, he's got an eleven and eleven four and zero record. Uh, 235 uh, goals against, 925 save percentage, and two shutouts this season. So um, great on on Connor Ingram for turning his life around, turning his career around, uh, and being selected uh, first star by the NHL this week. Yeah, absolutely. Very happy for Connor Ingram. I think there was an episode of uh, Canadians Connection last season pretty early on after Montreal played against the Coyotes and Ingram was in net. And I thought Ingram was awful. I didn't think he looked like an NHL goalie at all. So very happy to see that he's turned things around and playing for Arizona of all teams. And uh, just to talk about Arizona for a second here, they're going on kind of an interesting run. Uh, the, this Arizona Coyotes team is it's very kooky, but they've done some significant things right now. If you want to look at the NHL standings, they are fourth in their division. They do look like they're in a playoff position and the other thing, and uh, Arizona was bragging about this quite a bit uh, on their social medias, is uh, uh, between uh, November and December, they have defeated the last five Stanley Cup champions. So they've beat the <laughs> Washington Capitals 6 nothing, the St. Louis Blues 4-1. to They beat Colorado 4-3 to in overtime. They beat uh, Tampa Bay Lightning 3-1. to And once again, another shutout. They beat uh, the Vegas Golden Knights 2 to nothing. So uh, incredible run for the Arizona Coyotes. And that's something I didn't think I was going to be saying this season. Well, the other thing is that they have sold out all their, I think they played 11 games uh, at Mullet Arena. They sold now. I understand yeah. it's a very small arena, uh, but that's something for the Arizona Coyotes to be able to brag about. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I think it's a good time to get to our prospect update. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. 
So each week we try to highlight a Montreal Canadiens prospect, and this week we shine the light on the Niagara Ice Dogs defenseman uh, Daniil Sobolev, uh, the 2021 draft pick in the fifth round for the Montreal Canadiens, 142nd overall. He's a big defenseman, he's physical, and in 24 games he's put up 7 points and 33 penalty minutes. Uh, looking at his uh, career in uh, the CHL, uh, penalty minutes have been pretty high. I think that uh, Sobolev has shown a little bit of offensive talent here and there, but I think it's more about his uh, defensive and his physical game. And um, he's he's a very, I was going to say physical, yes, definitely a physical for the Ice Dogs, but aggressive. He gets in your face. Um, as a defenseman, and I think that's uh, served him pretty well. When he was drafted by the Canadians, um, everybody was saying, what are you doing? Uh, here's a defenseman that was 5'10", 150 pounds, um, and, and kind of a, you know, take a flyer on him. Now, he's six foot two ten. Um, he's really filled out. He's solid, still a not uh, tall in stature. Uh, but he's um, yeah he's a, a a bit of a, a fire hydrant back there uh, for uh, for Niagara um, and um, and that that physical play that defensive aggressiveness uh, keep an eye on that absolutely uh, currently he is unsigned uh, I don't think the Montreal Canadiens hold on to his rights uh, much longer after this season so we'll keep an eye on that and we'll let you know if there's anything there. Uh, another prospect that we wanted to take a look at is uh, the University of Minnesota winger, Rhett Pitlick, uh, the 2019 fifth-round pick, 131 overall, and in fact, the last of the Pitlicks in the Montreal <laughs> organization. Uh, they had both Rem and Tyler at various points, uh, but uh, Rhett currently 18 points in 17 games, so going on a nice little run. Uh, Rhett is the cousin of Tyler, Younger brother of Rem, um, a similar stature, I guess, to to Rem. He's uh, listed at five nine one sixty, uh, smallish um, uh, winger. Uh, he's gone on a bit of a tear in the last seven games. He has eight goals, eight goals in the last seven um, games, uh, goals in seven straight games, um, and uh, yeah, I, I had eighteen points. He's he's better than a, a point a game player. Um, 18 points in his in 17 games. So um, again, we're trying to focus on uh, some of maybe the lesser lights um, and uh, and bring those to your attention. Um, but who can ignore um, I, I, someone, a player, someone who can score um, in seven straight games? That's uh, that's pretty tremendous. Absolutely. And uh, we'll continue to put the spotlight on uh, different Montreal Canadiens prospects throughout the season. And we like to do that for guys that, uh, like you said, that aren't always being talked about a ton, uh, but I think have had a decent amount of success in their respective leagues. Uh, The Canadiens at the 2024 World Champions, uh, it is December, so that means the World Juniors are going to be coming up pretty soon. Uh, right now, some Canadians' prospects are on uh, the selection camps or preliminary rosters of various countries. Owen Beck on uh, Canada right now. Uh, the United States preliminary roster includes Lane Hudson and Jacob Fowler. It's going to be interesting to see uh, Jacob Fowler versus Trey Augustine in net, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, and and you might expect uh, that Trey Augustine. I well, I guess we we should acknowledge that Trey Augustine has the inside track as the number one goaltender 
for the U.S. team. He was on the team uh, last season. Um, but Jacob Fowler is has having a terrific season um, in the NCAA, and there could be a bit of a goalie competition. Uh, and even if if Jacob Fowler doesn't get the number one goaltender nod, he's still going to play in important games and get uh, a great experience. And that's assuming now the, the U.S. has named their preliminary roster. Um, is there any question, Lane Hudson, he's going to be on the team? I, I think it, it, that one has to be set in stone, no? Yes. Jacob Fowler? I, yes. I think there's a pretty good chance, yeah. Owen back on Canada? Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, Philippe Machar um, on uh, the Slovakia team, on the preliminary roster, but we expect him to be there too um, when all is said and done. Who's not going to be there? Uh, looks like one David Reinbacker, the fifth overall this past season, and one Uri Slavkovsky, the former first overall. Uh, they're not going to be re- representing their countries at the World Juniors. And uh, you also mentioned that one uh, Vincenz Rohr of Austria will not be representing his country either. And now you had the chance to talk to uh, Vincenz Rohr. A great interview, a one-on-one interview with him. Um, and um, if folks want to see that, easy search. Uh, to in our archive um, at CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, you can listen to that great interview Michael did with uh, Vincent Rohr. Yuri Slavkovsky, I think, um, pretty clear he's not going to be there. Slavkovsky has no interest. Kent Hughes didn't seem to have any interest in sending him there. David Reinbacker might be the the surprise. Uh, he's playing in, in Europe, and, and uh, maybe there was a thought that he would uh, go and play for represent Austria. Uh, the thing is that Austria got relegated um, into the the second tier um, after their last place finish um, last year. So Austria is going to be playing against France, um, Kazakhstan, Hungary, Denmark, and uh, Germany. So there's there's really not much sense uh, in moving him away from from his. Uh, uh, club team, um, he'll get better experience. I think he'd he'd get better experience there uh, than going to uh, the World Junior Championships. Although it would have been nice to to uh, see him. Um, yeah, the the competition level in that second tier just isn't there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a look at uh, the Laval Rocket, uh, Montreal's AHL affiliate. Uh, they've had three games this past week, and it's uh, it's not going so well for them. Oh, no? uh, December the 2nd, uh, Laval goes to Abbotsford. And, uh, well, going into that, Laval had never beat Abbotsford at home, and that streak is going to continue as Abbotsford wins 4-3. to three. Uh, Both scored three goals in the first, but the Canucks had the final say in the third as they took a 4-3 to three lead, which would stand. Um, their next game was not until the 6th of December. Belleville comes to visit. Uh, as we mentioned, that was a Jack Eye uh, Laval debut. And I think that's a game that uh, Laval would rather forget. Uh, the Sens went up 4 nothing, uh, heading into the third. Laval potted two goals. Uh, wasn't enough as the Sens added an empty netter. And a pretty physical game, as we've come to expect from these two division rivals. Uh, the final game this week uh, was against uh, Hartford as uh, they visit Laval and win 4-3 to three, uh, in the shootout. Uh, the return of one Alex Bilzeal and of course he scores because that's how that's going to go I thought uh, Jakob Dobas and Nett was great making 36 saves uh, the game was tied at the end of regulation the game was still tied at the end of overtime so it goes to the shootout 
And of course, uh, Alex Bilzeal scores again in the shootout. One of two Harvard goals in the shootout. It was 3-1. Uh, the the uh, Laval Rocket had a 3-1 lead in this. And Hartford's a very good team. Uh, top five uh, in the standings uh, this season in the AHL. Uh, but they just clawed back and uh, chance after chance after chance. And uh, Jakob Dobas was doing all he... There was one, um, one of their goals. I don't remember which one. He made four saves... Uh, before Hartford uh, finally potted it. Hartford, the um, affiliate of the New York Rangers. Um, the, you mentioned streaks. Uh, Laval is on a streak, and they've lost nine straight games, nine in a row. Um, that's tough. That's really tough. And uh, J.F. Wool uh, came to the microphones, and, and he, I think it's beyond anger. He just seems... Um, bewildered. He doesn't, I don't know that he knows what to do. Um, and, and when you're watching the games, uh, Laval's got some firepower and they look pretty good in, um, the offensive zone. They are lost in the defense, in the neutral zone and in their defensive zone. There's no structure. Um, they're just, uh, giveaways and falling apart and, and, uh, hanging their goalies out to dry. Um, they, they're last in the league, as we said uh, last week, they're last in the league in goals allowed. That that continues, um, and they're in a big world of hurt, uh, even uh, with the the addition of of Arbor Jackai. Uh, Laval has not won a ton of games this season. They've only won five games. Uh, their record currently five twelve three. Uh, sorry, five twelve three and two. Uh, points percentage is point three four one. Uh, that's 30th in the AHL, so really just a brutal season, like you said, for these Laval Rocket. Um, upcoming games uh, on the 9th of December, uh, that's today on Saturday, uh, Hartford's going to visit them again. Uh, quite a few days off in between their next games until the 15th of December, uh, Laval goes to visit Lehigh Valley, and uh, that's always a fun game as well. Uh, taking a look at the Trois-Rivières Lions, uh, the ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, going one level down from the AHL. Uh, they've been pretty good this season. Uh, last week, I think they started to struggle. And this week, uh, a little bit up and down. On the 2nd of December, uh, they visited Jacksonville, and they won 4-3. to three. Uh, But the very next day, they go to South Carolina, and they lose 3-2. to two. Uh they go back home on the 6th of December and uh, Maine comes to visit and gives them a big spanking 6-1. to one. Uh, Then on the 8th of December, uh, they go to visit Reading and win one nothing. Uh, so right now, the Trois-Rivières Lions record is 13-8-0-0. Oh, oh. uh, I think Cedric Montminy has had a pretty good week. Uh, he's scored three goals in his past five games. Um, the goaltending in uh, Trois-Rivières, I think... With Verbetic, it's been pretty good, but uh, there's another goalie that uh, actually stood out and got a shadow this week. Yeah, coming from the LNHA, the fisticuff sleeves, Zach Boudelier, um got the the shutout. I, I think when you when you watch the Trois Rivières Lions, the, what they were good at earlier in the season, they had good goaltending, but they were scoring. Uh, they were scoring goals. Uh, in the last three games, they've scored a total uh, uh, in those three games of just four goals. So uh, they're having trouble scoring, and, and that's brought them back to earth uh, a bit in the ECHL. Yeah, uh, wondering if the loss of Matthew Boucher's maybe had an impact. Of course, he uh, was signed by the Belleville Senators moving up to the AHL, and he was one of their leading scorers before that happened. Yep. 
Uh, if we want to take a look at our QMJHL coverage, a uh, new article comes out this week or came out last week. Sea uh, Dogs look to the future ahead of the QMJHL trade deadline. Uh, this is part of a series that I believe Jeremy has been doing. Yeah, he's doing a great uh, a series. Uh, we're talking about uh, trade deadline in uh, the NHL. Well, there's a much earlier trade deadline or trade period, as they call it, in the QMJHL. And Jeremy's going team to team, talking usually with the general manager to try and determine what kind of plans they're going to have uh, for the trade deadline. And uh, the teaser headline is the Sea Dogs look to the future, uh, meaning that they're likely going to be sellers looking to uh, get younger, looking to bring in some uh, draft picks. Um, Also on on the site, uh, there's been some really fascinating articles. Articles from the Q Archive uh, from the Hockey News. Um, and, of course, Amy does her weekly wrap of, of players of the game, teams, of the, uh, uh, players of the league and team of the league. Uh, so all kinds of information there for you on our QMJHL site. So if you want to find all the content about Montreal Canadiens prospects, you can go to THN.com slash Montreal. And if you want to find the best English language coverage of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, go to THN.com slash QMJHL. And now we get to our quote of the week. And this one comes from none other than Josh Anderson, who scored his very first goal of the season on an empty net against the Kraken. And he's talking about the reaction at Bell Center when that happened. Yeah, I just see that support. Um, you know, obviously it's... Um such an amazing fan base. Um, I know it can be tough at some times, but, uh, you know, they uh, sounded like they stuck with it and, um, you know, they showed their support and, um, you know, that's why I love playing here so much. Really nice. Um, he was relieved. Uh, the monkey off his back. Um, yeah, uh, it's not how you score. It's, it's that you score. <laughs> and um, so the empty netter, a long distance uh, empty netter, uh, and he had his uh, first goal of the season. And he, he gave credit um, to uh, his teammates for supporting him through it. But in that clip, uh, he was talking about Bell Center fans and how they, he said they stuck with it. Well, they stuck with him um, and were supportive through it. And, and um, you know, we're very happy that uh, he got he got a, a well-deserved ovation for that. Is Is Josh Anderson back because he had a good fight and he had an empty net goal, well, he's going to have to do more. But at least uh, the, the spotlight is, is the lamp is a little, little less heated uh, on him looking for that first goal. Yeah, a step in the right direction at the very least. And now we'll uh, take a look at some hockey news and notes from around the league just before we head into our first break. Uh, first and foremost, at uh, the Board of Governors meeting on Monday, the NHL announced that the salary cap is on track to increase to 8 87.7 million uh, for the 2024-25 season. And I'm hoping that uh, this stays true. Uh, that is a pretty big uh, increase in uh, salary cap. I think a lot of teams will benefit from this quite a bit. And I'm uh, just keeping my fingers crossed uh, that uh, nothing comes up and prevents this from happening. Uh, Gary Bettman said that was uh, that it's going to be up $4.2 million. He said that was the minimum um, that it's going to be going up. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and yes, it's it's a big deal given that uh, the cap has been stagnant since the pandemic, uh, that, well, the formula, the way it works, revenues um, are split 
50-50 between teams and the player pool. Uh, and because the revenues were down so much, yet the players maintained their salaries uh, and got paid, uh, there was a billion dollar deficit um, that the players um, owned the teams or owed the teams, owed the owners. Um, and so that's that's all been paid back. That's why the salary cap uh, was kept at the same uh, level for the last three years. And, and um, that's cleaned up and it'll give uh, general managers uh, a little bit more room to work uh, next season. Absolutely. Uh, we wanted to do a little bit of a callback. Uh, if you remember last week, uh, we were talking about some Slovakian reporters that came into Montreal. Well, uh, we wanted to take a look uh, back at the 2000 NHL entry draft, and uh, we wonder where are they now? Uh, if we look at that draft, Montreal actually had two first-round draft picks. Uh, they took uh, Ron Hainsey at 13. He eventually left as a free agent. Didn't really spend much time with Montreal. Uh, a few picks later at 16, they took one Marcel Hosa. Uh, again, didn't spend a ton of time in Montreal. He was later traded for uh, Garth Murray in uh, the 20, uh, sorry, in the 2005 season. And uh, Rick, uh, what's uh, the connection here? Uh, just uh, continuing on with, with your thought about that draft. Um, first overall, I don't know if that had ever happened before. Um, was Rick T, uh, a goaltender, Rick DiPietro, taken by the New York Islanders. And um, the Islanders may still be paying that contract, <laughs> that ridiculous contract. No, it's over. But um, that was that was a really bad uh, pick for him to go that high and for them to give the contract. Danny Heatley second, Marion Gabrick, uh, a Slovakian player uh, in that first round. Uh, we remember when um, Yuri Slavkovsky was taken. Uh, Namich was taken, uh, Philippe Mishar was taken, three players from Slovakia taken in the first round. Well, two Slovakian players were taken, Marion Gabrick um, and Marcel Hosa, uh, taken by uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And, and um, you mentioned that, I have that clip that we played of um, the Slovakian uh, website that arrived here and was doing a special on uh, Yuri Slavkovsky, on, uh, they got that that one-on-one interview with Kent Hughes um, and uh, they interviewed Philippe Machar and they did a quiz, which was, which was pretty fun. Let me just play that quiz. They, they stood to, to catch up some who didn't hear that. They stood outside. I think it was the um, Apravago and um, approached uh, Canadians fans and said, can you, can you identify, they showed pictures, these uh, former NHLers, who were from Slovakia, and and um, I was proud of the way our Canadians fans performed. He's one. Yaroslav Halak. Yuri Slavkovsky. Yeah. Tomas Tatar. Yeah. Zdeno Chara. Marian Hosa. Marian Gabrick. Yeah, great result. Thank you. Nicely done. Nicely done. Now uh, they mentioned Marian Hosa, who they didn't mention. Uh, in that list was Marcel Hosa. And as, as we said, uh, taken in that 2000 draft, uh, first round, 16th overall. Um, eh, did he stick around? Did he have much of a career in Montreal? Maybe not. Uh, but he played, um, uh, played for the Rangers, uh, played for Phoenix Coyotes back then, as they were called. Uh, and then went over to the the KHL, uh, and I think he finished his career in Slovakia. 
but he played 237 games in the NHL. He played 351 games in the KHL, and uh, his last season was the 2017-18 season um, in Slovakia playing for Trenchin. Um, what is he doing now? Well, uh, where are they now? Um, you know, he wasn't much of a um, a guy who was f- that physical. I, I I shouldn't say that. He was physical, uh, good size, 6'2", 220, um, but not the guy you'd expect to be getting into uh, a fight. However, um, last weekend, last Saturday, um, Marcel Hosa was in the boxing ring. He's taken up boxing. Um, and he won his match. It, it, uh, it, by all looks of it, it was a pretty bloody match. Um, and he won his match uh, by disqualification. Um, but he has, at 42 years old, he stays in sports. He has a new career. Yeah, doing pretty well for himself. Uh, nice uh, and kind of surprising to see him uh, in the ring, as you said. But uh, nice to see that he's keeping active, keeping in shape. And uh, I would love to see some highlights of that. I'm curious uh, how good a boxer he is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so with that, uh, I think it's a good time to get to our first break. Uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, uh, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big uh, topic segment. Uh, which Canadians players are being targeted for a trade? Uh, stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, it's hockey season once again. And although I love using DraftKings Sportsbook to I don't know, enhance and make more fun my NFL watching week to week. It's even more fun when you get in on the action with the NHL and DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Whether it's daily fantasy, whether it's uh, same game parlays that you're doing on Sportsbook, or whether you're just placing straight up money line bets, DraftKings Sportsbook makes it fun and easy for you to bet the action on the ice. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. Now that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. 
You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website canadiansconnection.fm. Also, just a reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a single episode as we're here every single Saturday. And in this big topic segment, well, we're about 90 days away from uh, the NHL trade deadline in, on March 8th. And uh, I think the phone lines around the league have been warming up. Uh, in the last few weeks, we've seen a few trades. Uh, the Canucks send Anthony Bolivier to Chicago and acquired Nikita Zadorov from Calgary. The Sabres acquired Eric Robinson, and the Islanders picked up Robert Bortuzzo. Uh, so a lot of moves being made pretty quickly. Uh, surprised to see how many moves have happened so far in the early parts of this season. And, uh, well, uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, we were hearing plenty about the Oilers scouting the Montreal uh, goaltenders, and uh, nothing really came from that. But uh, how soon can we see uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, maybe make a move here. I think that uh, seeing that around the league, the trend is to start to make moves early. It'd be nice to see Montreal take advantage here. We've seen that over the last few seasons where the the movement uh, typically starts early. Um, it's, it's all dependent on cap space, of course, as uh, the season goes along, you accumulate uh, the, the more cap space, uh, prorated cap space, uh, that you can fit more, uh, you know, a bigger salary player into your roster. Um, but there are, there have been teams who um, have the feeling that you want to, you don't want to just add that player at the March deadline um, and then, you know, um, have a month uh, to integrate them, to, to build that chemistry uh, prior to the playoffs. You, you might want to do that early, uh, much earlier in the season if you can um, afford it, if you can squeeze them in under the salary cap. So, um, as you said, the, the phone lines, I, I wouldn't say they are heated yet. They are warming, um, and there has been uh, some movement um, that we've we've started to see, and, and uh, we've, we've heard about um, uh, some inquiries being made uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. Uh, the past few weeks, uh, it's all been all about the Oilers uh, scouting the Montreal Canadiens goaltenders. Looks like the Oilers have decided not to bite and uh, maybe give Jack Campbell another opportunity. Uh, Montreal did proceed to give uh, Sam Montembeau a three-year extension, so that seems to take Sam Montembeau off of the trade board. But uh, just looking at uh, some breaking news that came out uh, this morning on uh, Saturday, December the 9th, uh, Leafs goaltender Joseph Wool out week to week with a high ankle sprain. Um, I thought that, uh, yeah, well, if uh, depending on how long Wool ends up being out, uh, the Leafs might have been a candidate looking for a rental goalie here. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem like Montreal has that any longer. Uh, the yeah, the, the Leafs are are looking for a few pieces. I think whether it's goaltending or certainly looking um, for a defenseman. Um, as far as goaltenders, uh, I think you're right that um, Sam Montembeau is likely off, um, unless there's a ridiculous offer made for Montembeau, um, that he's likely not uh, on the, the the trade list. We see uh, Jake Allen and Caden um, Primo on some of those lists, um, but one or the other. The Canadians are not going to trade both. Um, it's either going to be Allen if if somebody's looking for um, 
a quality backup, um, a, a, you know, a, a veteran goaltender with lots of experience, a goaltender who's won uh, a Stanley Cup um, going into the playoffs, or if they want a, a young goaltender uh, that they feel they could um, rejuvenate, perhaps, um, to his uh, to his form uh, that he, he had it at Northeastern. Um, Northeastern Northeastern's going to come up a little bit later. Uh, as well. Um, so we've heard this week, uh, Edmonton, as you said, has kind of moved on, I believe. They may still go for a goaltender, but I don't know that um, unless they circle back to the Canadians. Uh, but we have heard that the Kraken uh, have reached out and uh, to Kent Hughes, and they've had a conversation to check on the availability. Also, the Buffalo Sabres have, have checked in on Jake Allen um, or Caden Primo. Um, so there's going to, there's going to, well, we don't know if there's going to be movement, but there's certainly activity around uh, the Canadians' goaltending situation, which has been difficult, which is, um, you know, isn't going to be carried out throughout the, the season. That three, three-headed goaltender uh, situation has been difficult for all three of them um, and, uh, and, and difficult to manage. Yeah, certainly would be nice to see that come to an end at some point. Uh, you mentioned the Kraken and the Sabres. Yeah, both teams with, uh, I think, some disappointing performances from their goalies. We talked about uh, Philip Grubauer in that first segment, and uh, he's uh, not been great at all. So it doesn't really surprise me there that uh, the Kraken would be a team inquiring. Um, the thing is, and I think I kind of mentioned it a bit before, uh, now with the Montembeau signed uh, to that three-year extension, uh, no options for a rental goalie on Montreal. This, you're going to have to pick up some term. I wonder how teams do react to that or if that's even really a problem. Um, right now you see uh, Jake Allen two more years uh, before he reaches UFA status. Uh, Caden Primo two years before he reaches RFA status. Um, I, I would be surprised uh, to see, uh, I guess, a contending team try to go out and get one of those guys and add them to their tandem uh, based on the fact that there is quite a bit of term. Uh, but we'll keep an eye out on that one. Uh, another thing I wanted to briefly mention here, and this uh, does come into play uh, for the trade deadline. Right now, the Habs have two of three cap retention spots spilt, uh, already filled as they retained on both Jeff Petrie and Joel Edmondson. Uh, so they can only do that with one more player, and I think they're going to have to choose wisely here as uh, that uh, retention uh, spot could really help them maxi maximize the value on uh, whatever players they decide to move on from. That's a very important point, and it's something we talked about when Jeff Petrie was moved. Um, that part, I mean, lots of fans were you know happy for Jeff Petrie, and he got to go to Detroit. Um, and, and where his father had, had performed so well, uh, a home for, for the Petrie family. Um, except the, the big issue there was using one of those cap retention slots, um, because you know that there's going to be pressure for the Canadians. Um, if they look at, uh, trading, a a Josh Anderson, um, who comes with a big salary, um, a big uh, cal cap hit. Uh, they're going to want to. Teams are going to want to uh, have the Canadians retain salary, um, or David Savard, or Christian Dvorak. Uh, all of those trades more than likely are going to involve um, cap retention, and the Canadians only have room for one one more of those. 
Yeah, and uh, just before uh, we start to take a little dive into some of the trade bait boards from uh, Daily Faceoff and TSN, I have a question for you, and it could be point blank, or you can elaborate if you want. Uh, Do you think the Montreal Canadiens are buyers or sellers this season? Sellers. Yeah, I no, I <laughs> no, and and I think um, you know I I know that that um, there's much of our audience has said well maybe um, and and I get uh, an e- an email from our dear friend Dino and and um, he's looking at the points and is it is is there a chance um, I just I, the Athletic does a good job um, ch- updating their projections their their season projections. And I think at the beginning of the season, they projected that the Canadians would have a 75-point uh, season, um, about a 2% chance of making the playoffs. They've updated that, given the current record, given, you know, they, they run simulations is how they, they come up with these, um, based on the injury situation, based on how they performed, uh, based on the fact that the Canadians have played more home games um, early in the season. They're playing more. They'll play a bigger percentage of road games as we go along. Uh, they've played. Um, they've had an easier schedule. They'll play tougher teams as the schedule goes on. Lots of different factors, and they now project that the Canadians will um, end the season with seventy-two points. That's bottom five. That's not a playoff um, uh, spot. So yes, the Canadians. Um, are are going to be sellers, um, and 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 that's okay. That doesn't mean to write off the rest of the season. Um, lots of of uh, things to happen. Lots of things that can happen with the rebuild. Lots of development with players. Um, but this should be treated as an opportunity. And and listen, I get it. Um, there's players on this team that fans have fallen in love with. And they'll say, well, maybe, yeah, I get that he's not part of the the rebuild, but Sean Monaghan or Mike Matheson or David Savard or, um, you know, I, I, I hope, I know that, that Kent Hughes isn't going to deal with, um, deal with his situation emotionally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that being said, well, let's take a look at the Montreal Canadiens on these trade Bait uh, boards, and it's interesting to say that or to see that uh, a team that Montreal is tied with in terms of points in the standings has quite a few players on both <laughs> of these lists. Uh, just a quick look here at uh, the daily faceoff. Topping that list is one Lynn Home uh, from the Calgary Flames. Another player with a uh, Flames connection in Sean Monahan is at number two. Uh, number three, Tanev. Uh, four is Zadorov. Zadorov is now off the board though. Uh, at five, it's uh, Noah Hannafin, and then at six, they have uh, one of Allen or Primo. Uh, interesting that both of those are tied at number six on their list. Uh, and then just a quick look at uh, TSN. Kind of uh, similar uh, with uh, Elias Lindholm at the top, ten of two, uh, three Hannafin. Number four is Jake Allen, so that's a pretty big uh, discrepancy between the two. Uh, and, uh, of course, tied with Caden Primo uh, at number four there. Uh, one more uh, or two more Montreal Canadiens on this list. It's uh, Sean Monaghan at number nine and all the way at the very bottom at number 20. Uh, you might be surprised to see one Mike Matheson. Well, it's um, it, it makes sense. Um, Matheson has been uh, we've talked about him very good offensively, very poor 
defensively. Um, and and we, we've talked about how Caden Gooley has supplanted him um, as the Canadians' number one defenseman. Um, and that that transition is going to continue to take place. So why not, um, you know, why not consider moving Mike Matheson um, now? I don't. I don't think that they'd be able to move both of their veteran defensemen, David Savard, who's close to coming back, and Mike Matheson. Um, but they're they're certainly for a, a playoff-bound team. There, I would expect there's more interest in a Matheson. Uh, than uh, David Savard, and uh, you know his contract is um, under five million for the next two years, uh, so might be of interest. What you'll notice, especially on the TSN board, is the abundance of defensemen. Um, Twelve of, of those twenty players are defensemen, um, and and I guess that makes sense uh, for teams who want to uh, bulk up their defense uh, going into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess just quickly here, is there any surprise that after Michael Matheson was given uh, an A to wear this season that he would be on that trade uh, bait list? I know it makes a lot of sense for Montreal to do that, but uh, is there a surprise that uh, Kent Hughes uh, would be shopping him around, especially after putting him in a position of leadership? Yeah, I think that um, Mike um, Kent Hughes has a personal connection given uh, that he's known Mike Matheson all these years. His his agency represents and still represents Cortex represents Mike Matheson. So um, I think there would be a reluctance by Kent Hughes. Um, and I don't uh, because he's on this list. I don't get the sense that Kent Hughes is shopping him. I think uh, Mike Matheson is on this list because there is a demand for a defenseman and that he could help a team uh, for a reasonable price. Um, so as far as the, the leadership, um, the Canadians have traded, um, they have traded players with, uh, letters on their jerseys, uh, before. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's, uh, yes, they, they, uh, appreciate the leadership of Mike Matheson, but, um, if the choice was to trade Matheson and keep Savard, um, Savard has also worn a letter for the team. Absolutely. And uh, I know uh, we mentioned, uh, look, it's uh, 90 days out from uh, the trade deadline. Yeah, there's been a few minor trades going on, but like, why are we really talking about this on December the 9th? Well, uh, put yourself in the shoes of what happened to the Montreal Canadiens last year. Uh, It seemed like going into the year, they were primed to make a huge splash at the trade deadline. And that didn't really happen. The only trade I seem to remember is moving Evgeny Dadnov in exchange for Denis Gurionov. That was a little bit before the trade deadline. But uh, I think the prime players in Montreal was shopping around uh, one Joel Edmondson and one Sean Monaghan, and both faced a lot of injuries that year. Monaghan was shut down. Uh, He wasn't able to return uh, for the remainder of the season. Edmondson was in and out of the lineup leading up to that uh, trade deadline. There was a lot of speculation about whether or not he was healthy. So the reason why we want to talk about this so early is that, well, we want Ken Hughes to start making some moves now. Um, We want to make sure that Montreal's not in a position where they go to the trade deadline once again with all the players they were planning on shopping around being injured because injuries do happen, and uh, you want Montreal to be able to capitalize on some of these players. Uh, Sean Monaghan does not have a future in Montreal. He signed a one-year extension for the sole purpose of being flipped out at the deadline. I think that uh, 
that uh, can be said about a few other guys on the Montreal Canadiens as well. Uh, we talked about goalies a little bit and uh, the lack of uh, rental options on Montreal. You can you can pretty much go through their loss roster, and I think there are more players that I think are worth shopping around than hanging on to at this exact point. But uh, it would be nice to see uh, Kent Hughes uh, start to, I guess, look to make these moves a little bit earlier before they end up in a bit of an awkward situation. So we remember in March 2022, uh, Kent Hughes's first trade deadline and his approach there was patience. Um, he, he waited, I think the first uh, trades were in February that year, uh, but he was able to trade in and around the deadline. He was able to trade Tyler Toffoli, Ben Sherratt, uh, Brett Kulak, uh, and on well, on, and both were on on trade day. Uh, Brett Kulak and Arturi Lekkinen and got um, remember with with Lekkinen going, um, Justin Barron came back and a second round pick. Um, so he did quite well in his strategy of holding on um, and waiting and being patient. Last year um, in the March twenty twenty three. He got shut out, um, and at this time last year, we were we were begging him uh, to to um, to move Edmondson. We know Joel Edmondson had a back issue, had uh, injury issues, um, and to move him early, and and that didn't happen at the trade deadline. It did not happen until uh, free agent frenzy uh, on on um, July first. Um, so again, um, I think that. Uh, we'd be hoping that that Ken Hughes. I understand waiting and waiting and waiting to get the best price to get the biggest bang, uh, but uh, there's the risk, as happened last year. As I hope he learned last year, uh, that you can be sitting with um, a bunch of your assets um, in in the uh, infirmary uh, and not able to trade them and not be able to um, get the assets. Um, whether it's young players, young prospects, or draft picks that the organization is relying on uh, as uh, they go through this rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, something I just touched on briefly, but to bring this back up, uh, we know that uh, there are very select players on these trade bait boards, like your Sean Monahans and uh, two goaltenders there. But uh, I think that uh, there are quite a few players on Montreal that could be worth trying to actively go out and shop and uh, a few players that come to mind, I, I think first and foremost, and I don't know how much value there really is for this player at the moment, but one Tanner Pearson is, uh, he's on an expiring deal. So I'm hoping that uh, Kent Hughes at least tries to move this player along. Uh, Yoel Armia is someone else that comes to mind uh, in that he just doesn't have a fit on this team anymore. He's been up and down between Laval and Montreal. So, I, I do, again, I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of value uh, or if teams are going to be all that interested, especially since he has a little bit of term left. He's got uh, two years left on that deal. Um, we mentioned Matheson, uh, Savard, someone you brought up, coming back from injury. Uh, if he comes back and starts to look good and maybe some teams are inquiring, I would move on from Savard in a heartbeat. And uh, another uh, player that does come to mind is one uh, Gustav Lindstrom. No, uh, he's on an expiring yes. deal as an RFA. So I think that is something that could be very interesting for a lot of teams. And you see Montreal is keeping him up for a bit of an extended stay here, even after the return of Arbor Jacai. And like I said in that first segment, I think that Gustav Lindstrom's actually been pretty good. He's scored a bit. He's uh, been 
relatively good defensively. I, I would be curious if any teams might uh, bite on a cheaper Gustav Lindstrom. That's terrific because, yes, he's been kept up. Um, he's also playing with Mike Matheson, and we know how poor uh, Mike Matheson has played defensively and, and leaves his his uh, defensive responsibility. Um, and Gustav, it's it's been up to Gustav Lindstrom to pick those up, and he hasn't done a, a bad job at all. Um, so uh, he's played 13 games uh, so far this season um, and is a, a plus one, uh, which is a big deal when you're playing with Mike Matheson, who is a minus 10. Um, so they're, they're, again, a third pairing defenseman. Uh, you need a third pairing defenseman like Gustav Lindstrom. Uh, you need a third pairing uh, defenseman like, um, a David Savard. Um, you would have maybe a, a second pairing defenseman who could help your power play like a Mike Matheson. Um, you know, and, and, um, Tanner Pearson, um, has been, he's been the the Canadian's best face-off guy, um, so far this season. Um, and, um, uh, there's a few good face-off guys, whether it's Pearson, whether, um, it's Sean Monaghan, whether it's Christian Dvorak, Dvorak could, uh, shore up your third line, uh, Tanner Pearson on your fourth line. Um, Joel Armia. Yeah, we all know what Joel, Joel Armia brings occasionally. Uh, but one thing he does have is a bit of a reputation for performing in the playoffs and being a big body who can retrieve pucks and, and win, um, board battles. Um, so all of these players, I think, have some value uh, for a playoff-bound team. Um, it's just uh, Kent Hughes maybe um, not being as patient uh, as he was last year and uh, getting something uh, rather than nothing as he did last year. Yeah, and uh, interesting looking uh, down these trade boards. A lot of talent, actually, and a lot of talent, like I said, from Calgary, but I think there are teams out there that maybe aren't looking to add the big names like Elias Lindholm or Chris uh, Tanev or Noah Hannafin uh, just based off of uh, salary cap situations or just not trying to rock the boat too, too much. So I think that's where Montreal fits in pretty well. And I'd say like a Sean Monaghan on the contract he's at. That is a very movable deal. Absolutely. Um, uh, just making under uh, two million this season, so I, I think that's a great opportunity to capitalize there. Uh, like I said, Gustav Lindstrom too, making less than a million. If you just want a depth guy, great options here on Montreal. So uh, Montreal, your all-stop shop. Please call. Please make that <laughs> trade. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And and um, yes, Kent Hughes has got some calls uh, already. Um, we, we heard about all the calls he had on, uh, Josh Anderson last season. Last season was obviously, uh, the time to, uh, to sell on Josh Anderson. But if you can get anything, uh, for Anderson, uh, you have to move him, uh, this year and, and maybe he, um, will be able to pick up his game, uh, at least back to where it was, uh, with another, with a winning team. Yeah, Absolutely. And with that said, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to uh, mention about uh, the potential of Montreal making an early trade here? Well, I think it's just, it's an exciting time. It's something we're going to keep a close watch on. Uh, we're also going to listen as as uh, we have been in getting tips on the players, on the teams who have been reaching out uh, to Kent Hughes. We've had an eye on uh, the makeup of the scouts uh, at both the Bell Center and Laval. Um, because some of those, uh, the, the Laval, uh, either, either the veterans or, 
um, prospects that not necessarily don't necessarily have a future with the team could be involved in a trade. Who am I talking about? Matthias Norlander might uh, come to mind. Um, so, um, you know, is a Mitchell Stevens, uh, can he plug in somewhere, uh, on a playoff bound team or, uh, be a, a usable, a valuable veteran, uh, for your, uh, AHL squad. Um, these are the things we're going to keep an eye on. And yes, uh, it's, t- it's the right time, uh, to start paying attention that to that, uh, in early December. Absolutely. And our Canadians Connection question of the week for our listeners is, who do you think will be the first Montreal Canadiens player to be traded before the deadline? We want to make sure that uh, we hear from you, and uh, we'll give you a little bit of time to think about it uh, before we come back. So we'll take our final break here uh, and uh, make sure that you stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to thn.com slash Montreal your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com slash Montreal. Welcome back to episode 273 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, visit our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Remember to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line at 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And that was uh, kind of fun. I know it's uh, pretty early for the trade deadline, but uh, I think we brought up more than enough points as to why Kent Hughes should probably start uh, looking into making some moves early on. We're going to add one more player, as we talked about in the break, uh, to our list, and that's one Jonathan Kovacevic. If the league is looking for 
um, defenseman. Um, there's somebody who's performed at a, at a pretty high level uh, and can be a, an asset. So we'll add him to our list. Not that we want to see him move. I, I personally like Kovacevic. I liked him when he was with the Winnipeg organization. He's been a great add on waivers. Um, so, but, but we'll add him to our watch list. Absolutely. And uh, there's going to be plenty of things for Montreal Canadiens to try and watch out for this season. It's hard to keep track. And, uh, well, here's where you can find everything you need to know. And that's brought to you by Rocket Sports. You can find all the Montreal Canadiens content at THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, all the coverage there in one place. Game day coverage, uh, feature articles, uh, anything and everything you need to know. Prospects coverage as well. So make sure you head over to THN.com slash Montreal for your Montreal Canadiens fix. Uh, also, if you like multimedia content, we do plenty of that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at All Habs. On there, there's a couple shows that come out throughout the week. First and foremost, the Habs Hockey Report show, hosted by Amy Johnson, uh, who does a wonderful job hosting that every single week. The most recent episode, entitled Sam Montembeau's New Contract Plus Another Major Injury. Tune into that, get involved in the conversation, uh, hit like, uh, hit subscribe, leave a comment. Also, Amy Johnson hosts another show called the Rocket Hockey Report. So if you want to stay up to date with the Laval Rocket, that's going to be your best source. The latest episode is titled, Is Arbor Jacques Set to Make His AHL Debut This Week? Uh, make sure that uh, you tune into that. And like I said, leave a like, leave a comment. Amy loves to interact with all her viewers and uh, make sure that you get involved in that conversation. This podcast, The Canadian's Connection, has also been put onto our YouTube channel. Uh, that comes out on Mondays. So if uh, you're interested in checking us out on YouTube, uh, make sure you check out the most recent episode, uh, Montreal Canadiens First Quarter Review. Good, bad. Make sure you, you uh, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel at All Habs. That way you never miss any of our great content on there. This month, uh, we have a few uh, live stream watch-alongs coming up on YouTube. Uh, we've done this a few times. Myself with uh, my colleagues, uh, Nathan and Gustav, have done this. Uh, I think we were about three streams in uh, so far this season. So we're going to try to do that uh, periodically as we go. And we have two coming up in the month of December. The next one is going to be on Wednesday, December the 13th with my colleague Gustav. That's uh, Pittsburgh visiting Montreal, so that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, one after that, uh, just five days later on December the 18th, I'm going to be joined by Nathan, uh, Montreal at Winnipeg. So make sure uh, that you tune into those. Uh, we love to get to all sorts of questions. We live stream it, so come hang out. Come uh, uh, watch this game with us. Uh, you can listen to everything that we have to talk about. And uh, like I said, send in your questions to uh, we'll uh, talk about everything that's put into that chat. And I see lots uh, on social media. I see lots of complaints about... Oh, whether it's Gary Galley or one of the the uh, broadcasters. Um, so put the game on, turn your sound off, and then tune in to our, our live stream. And you'll be there with uh, a number of, of other Canadians fans have similar interests uh, that you'd have. There's the opportunity to chat, to ask questions, uh, to make comments. You have two really knowledgeable members of, of the Rocket Sports team that are there uh, to interact with you. It's it's a tremendous amount of fun. A uh, new thing that we've added uh, to our offerings, and that's these live streams. And um, take my word for it, you're going to enjoy it. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the premier Rocket Sports Radio podcast on your favorite ro on your favorite podcasting app, The Canadian's Connection, this one. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe. That way you never miss a single episode as we come out every single Saturday. 
Also, uh, you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. We have the full archive of every single Canadians Connection episode. So if you've ever missed any, go back and listen. Uh, we have all the episodes up there. We are your inside link to the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, coming up uh, throughout this week, uh, we have a little uh, call to action for some of our listeners who might have some questions for us. Uh, Rick, what can you tell all of our listeners about this? Well, the Rocket Sports team is, um, we, we all have different specialities. And uh, this season, we brought on a medical, a medical doctor who's our medical consultant. Um, he was on uh, several weeks ago. Um, talking about Kirby Doc's injury and was able to explain things in uh, terms that we could better understand about uh, the effect of his injury, about uh, his recovery, uh, about his surgery. Um, so Dr. Steve, as we affectionately call him, um, is coming back uh, on one of our future episodes. And do you have a question for Dr. Steve? Uh, is there a particular injury? Is there uh, something about the surgery? Does it relate to Alex Newhook? Uh, does it relate to uh, perhaps Cole Caulfield and, and his recovery from sol- sh- uh, shoulder surgery? Um, if you have a question uh, for Dr. Steve, um, you know how to get a hold of us. Send us an email, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Text us, 5853ROCKET, or reach out to us on social media. The other uh, upcoming guest is going to be Patrick. Patrick Williams, uh, the AHL guru, knows everything soup to nuts about the AHL and he's going to be on you you want to know about other teams in the NHL you want to know how bad the Laval Rocket really are uh, you want to know if there's any hope for the Laval Rocket to turn things around uh, um, any question that you have uh, for Patrick Williams the same rules apply send us a, an email hello at rocketsportsmedia.com send us a text 5853 rocket or reach out to us on social media we love to hear from all of our listeners, and that brings us to our Canadians Connection question of the week. We ask everyone, who do you think will be the first Montreal Canadiens player to be traded before the trade deadline? We want to make sure that we hear from you, and we get plenty of text, tweets, emails from all of our listeners. So we love to hear from you guys, and we hope to continue uh, hearing from all of you. Anything that you have to say, uh, make sure, like you said, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com or text us 5853ROCKET. You can also find us on all of our social medias. Uh, just at Rocket Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And coming up this week, uh, Montreal Canadiens have three different games uh, starting on tonight, Saturday, December the 9th. Uh, Montreal will visit Buffalo. That's going to be a Caden Primo start. And it's a back-to-back as on December the 10th, Nashville comes to Montreal a few days off uh, before the next one, and that's going to be Pittsburgh at Montreal. That's going to be our live stream watch-along, so make sure you keep an eye on social media uh, as we'll post our link uh, and every all the information you need to know on where to find that and join us. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, December the 16th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.